and a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with Touch of God. And this week we continue the series on the dwelling place, Jesus himself. And let's begin by going to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And this is the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. It says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And this is what Paul is saying. And this is what I'm praying over you today, that you would benefit of the things that Paul speaks to the church at Ephesus in the next two verses. So verse 17 says, For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. Verse 18, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. So we want to have our eyes of our heart flooded with light. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And John said that Jesus was the light of men. So we want to be flooded in our hearts with Jesus, the Word of God. Amen. The Scriptures, the very verses that constitute the truth. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me or by me. And so we want to have revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That the Lord may grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. So as we read the word of God to you today, as you read the word of God to yourselves any time of the day, that you would receive that deep and intimate knowledge of him by means of that, that the Lord would grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. We have to come to a point where we decide to take stock and understand where are we in the Lord? Where is our position in the Lord? Are we spending time with him? Do we know Jesus? Are we getting to know him? Is our heart in a posture where we are trying to gain more knowledge of the Lord, to try and have a deeper relationship with him? to seek him with all of our heart, to open our hearts, to allow him to flood every area and have every area of our heart. Are we doing that? Amen. And this is not a legalistic thing. Just like being married to your spouse is not a legalistic commitment. It is a commitment out of love and a relationship. Amen. That you want and desire to have with your spouse. And this is what we need to desire in our hearts, that our hearts would desire to have a deeper relationship with the one who paid for it, the one himself, Jesus, with the Father sending him so that we could have a relationship back to the Father and Jesus by way of the cross. So that's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18. And it's always important to keep that in perspective when we are looking at any verses of the Bible, when we are trying to understand the truth and that we we can ask the Lord for that spirit of wisdom and understanding. Amen. And he will always give to those who ask. 
And the Bible also says, though, that we have not because we ask not. And it's important to know that if we don't ask, God would not automatically give when you don't ask or provide when you don't ask, because otherwise, why would that verse be there in the Word of God? Amen. So God wants to provide you all good things, and every good thing does come down from the Father of lights. But we have to receive what God has paid for and has freely offered us as a gift. Every spiritual blessing has been given unto us in heavenly places. It's been given, but do we know what we already have? Do we know that we are a new creation? Do we realize these things? We may be a new creation, but do we know that? Do we know what that means? If someone puts $5 or whatever your currency is underneath the seat of your car without you knowing, you are actually $5 richer without knowing it. Until that day when you look under the seat and you feel around and you find out that you are $5 richer, you were already $5 richer the day that person put that money there. You just didn't know it. So we are a new creation, those of us who are born again, amen, receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But do we know everything that God has provided for us? This is the revelation. This is the importance of understanding the truth of the Word of God because we can go through our entire born-again life not spending much time with the Lord, not spending much time in His Word, and then we may well go to heaven. But why not learn more about who we are on this side so that we can be used of the Lord and we can understand that we are with Him and that we can have that intimate knowledge of Him while we are still here before we get there. Amen. So, like I was saying, this week we're going to continue to focus on the dwelling place. And to be very honest with you, we have to say these words. And I want you to think about these words as I'm saying it, because this is from our heart. Catrice, my wife and I's heart to you. Would we be loving you with true love if we did not highlight certain verses in the Word of God to you? True love is telling someone Look, the cliff edge is not far from your feet. Stop and turn towards Christ and seek him with all of your heart before you go too far and you go over the edge. See, the truth is not always easy to hear, is it? But isn't it best to be safer than sorry? To find out now rather than when you are going through a severe trial or you are living deeper into the end times where someone steals your Bible, your only one that you have because they want to find out what happens next and you can't even get to Google to search for yourself what will happen next in the book of Revelation. So we have to know the word. We have to know Jesus because the end times are here and times will get just more and more interesting. We see the way the world is going and by the Spirit you probably see it as well as with your naked eyes looking at the news. Although we shouldn't dwell on the news because the news tries to breed fear into our hearts. And you and I, we are strong in the Lord. No fear has any place in our lives. We are above fear and fear has been defeated at the cross. So in Christ, you can do all things who strengthens you. Jesus strengthens you as you focus on him, spend time in his word, spend time with him in the closet, in the secret place. Stay strong. Amen. Under the shelter and the wings of the Almighty. Amen. 
So we're going to do a recap of John chapter 15 and the first five or six verses that we've been spending the last 10 or 11 weeks on because I realize that some of you may not have been joining us for every single week and some of you would just like a recap anyway and there's never any harm done with that. So let's start with verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, and takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and a more excellent fruit. Verse 3. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. So right there we know that we are cleansed and pruned already if we understand the word of God, the teachings that Jesus has discussed with his disciples and therefore with us by way of the Bibles that we possess today, that we are cleansed and pruned already. That means the Lord is doing a work in us to the degree that we have allowed him to to the degree that we are connected with him as a branch into the vine, which is he is the true vine. Are we connected to him today? Are we bearing fruit? Are we loving him? Are we loving the Lord thy God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Are we loving our neighbor? Are we spending time in the Lord's word? Let's carry on. How are we cleansed by the word? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, He... Jesus is the sole expression of the glory of God, the Father, the light being, the outraying or radiance of the divine, and he is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. That means the Father's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. And then it says, when he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. So here we see in chapter 1, verse 3 of Hebrews, that Jesus offered himself and accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt. So he completed this and he was able to purchase the cleansing of our sins by his precious blood and sacrifice on the cross. And so now there is no guilt nor condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. And that's in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. If you feel guilty today, if you feel shame, if you are a born-again believer, if you are Christ's follower, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, guilt and shame have no purpose for being in your thoughts or your convictions or your soul at all, because that is something that Jesus has paid for you not to feel and not to be. And so if you feel it today, understand that Jesus has paid for you not to believe that you have to feel guilty. Now, if you backslide if you slip we all do it amen we have all done it you just pick yourself back up and say lord i am sorry for committing that sin i am sorry for doing this or that please forgive me i receive by your precious blood the cleansing of my sins and as i confess my sins to you lord i know that first john 
chapter 1 verse 9 says you are faithful to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness which also means that he cleanses our conscience of dead works and let's just see where that is too it's not only in first john chapter 1 verse 9 it's also in hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 chapter 9 verse 14 where it says how much more surely shall the blood of christ who by virtue of his eternal spirit his own pre-existent divine personality has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to god the father purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living god Jesus purifies our consciences from dead works because of the blood that he shed for us. Let his blood never have been shed in vain for each of us. Let us take hold of the finished works of Christ Jesus. Amen. John chapter 15 verse 4 as we continue in the book of John chapter 15. It says, dwell in me. So this is Jesus saying, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. So you have to make the choice of whether you want to dwell in him. And immediately you decide to, then immediately Jesus dwells in you. And then it says, live in me and I will live in you. The Amplified Classic Edition brings out that extra definition of what Jesus is saying. He means live in me and I will live in you. So if you decide to live in Christ, if you decide to give Jesus your heart and give the Father your heart and open that door of your heart as it says in revelations chapter 3 verse 20 allow the lord in that is a deciding to live in christ and to allow christ to live in you jesus carries on to say just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in being vitally united to the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me so we cannot bear fruit we cannot produce fruit to do the will of the lord without abiding in christ because jesus is the true vine he is the source he is the life the truth and the way but he is the life amen and without life nothing can sustain life nothing can stay in existence without what jesus has done he is the life amen So let's have a look here at how must we abide or dwell in him. How do we do this? I'm sure you're asking. You know these verses exist. You're just trying to get your head and understanding around how to actually do this in your daily walk with the Lord. So the first key to abiding in Christ is receiving and believing him. The next key is abiding in Christ's love. Allow Jesus to love you at the same time that you turn your heart towards him and open the door to allow him in. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20. It speaks of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, wanting you to open the door. You have control over who you open your heart to and, and allow into your heart, just as if that heart was a door. And Jesus is knocking. He's not barging your heart, your door down to burst into your heart. You have a free will that God will never violate. And so you have a decision as to whether to allow Jesus into your heart. But we need to abide in Christ's love. He has an amazing love for us. And no words on any program can describe the immense love that the Father, your Heavenly Father, and Jesus have for you. 
no matter what you've done, no matter what we've done, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. So God knew every wrong thing we would do in our entire lifespan, from breath to no breath. He knows the uh, beginning from the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. And still he sent his son to die for you. That's because of his intense love for you. And he knew that we were but dust of the earth. He knew that because Adam and Eve sinned against him at the tree in the Garden of Eden, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they ate of that fruit that God warned them not to do and told them not to touch. He knew that the entire human species would reap the fallen nature of Adam and Eve because we all came from the lineage of Adam and Eve until we gave our life to Christ and then we were born again with a brand new spirit. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We are a new creation, the Bible says, which means that we're no longer of the lineage of Adam and Eve. We're of the lineage of Jesus. We go back one generation to Jesus. Therefore, I believe that there's no way you can keep a generational curse once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior because you go back one generation to him because you're a new creation. All things are new. Old things have passed away. And there is no curse stronger than the blood of Jesus. Amen? The next thing to look at here about abiding in Christ's love, if you love me, feed my sheep. Uh, remember that that is what Jesus said as recorded in John chapter 21, verse 17. He, which is Jesus, said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? with a deep instinctive personal affection for me as for a close friend. Now remember, this is the Amplified Classic Edition where it adds additional clarifications in square brackets in the verse so that we can understand the more color and depth and richness of what the rest of the verse is trying to convey and what Jesus is trying to say here. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me with a deep, instinctive, personal affection for me as for a close friend? Peter was grieved, was saddened and hurt that he should ask him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, that I have a deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Those who love me will do my commandments, Jesus also said. And so if we look here, what are his commandments? The two greatest ones, of course, can be found in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. And it says, Now when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, muzzled the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of their number, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which kind of commandment is great and important, the principal kind in the law? Some commandments are light, which are heavy. And he, Jesus, replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind intellect. This is the great, most important principle and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments sum up 
and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. Amen. This is what it means to abide and dwell in the Lord, to to do what he says for us to do, but to also spend time with him, believe him, receive him in your heart, spend time in his word, understanding the true nature of our heavenly father, of our Lord Jesus, amen, and everything of the Lord, as he is, so are we in this world, the Bible says. So we have the mind of Christ. We need to believe that and continue to read God's word so that God's word will make sense to those who believe and have faith in Jesus and his word. By the Holy Spirit, you will understand the things of the Lord. You know, Jesus says that if we remain in him, if we abide and dwell in him, then his word remains in us. Just analyzing verses, doing maybe a word study on a particular word in a verse that you want to really find out the deeper meaning, going back to the Hebrew if it's the Old Testament, or going back to look into the Greek if it's the New Testament, and getting the some of those root words, the definitions of those root words, amen, so that you can go back and go deeper and, and understand at a deeper level what was trying to be conveyed when the those words were spoken or that word was written and inspired by the Holy Spirit to the writer. So if we continue to pray to the Lord and seek Him and worship Him, meditating on His Word every day, morning, noon, and night, Psalm chapter 1 verse 2 says that we must meditate and ponder and contemplate the Word of God so that our soul, our mind is chewing like a cow chews cud multiple times over before it swallows. Amen? It's chewing on the foods and we must chew on our daily manner multiple times do not swallow this manner quickly do not read it fast and consume it without pondering it because the enemy will take that seed that was partially planted in that soil in your heart and because it hasn't gotten into your understanding and your knowing of what that verse means the enemy can easily pick that out and not allow you to continue to remember that verse or understand it because that's why you have to ponder and meditate on every verse and understand the word of God because once you know the word once you know the truth of the word of God about a particular topic whether it be healing or the area of finance or the area of salvation then no one can convince you that it's not true so we have to get a deep understanding and a knowledge of the word of God then no one, including the devil, can steal it from us. Amen. And then you can be used by the Lord to teach others what you have been taught, which is exactly what Jesus told his disciples at the end of Matthew chapter 28. He says, go and tell them whatsoever I have taught you as you preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Other scriptures that relate to abiding in the Lord, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Amen. So we need to be, as Jesus walked, we shall do the same works and greater, but we should hold ourselves. We should be holy as he is holy, Peter says. And we should walk as Jesus walked, just praying for people, setting people free under the power of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Lord. Amen. And that doesn't mean that we should wait for a word to go pray for someone. God has already given you a word to go pray for that person. He told you to go into all the world. He told you to go feed his sheep. 
He told you to go set the captives free. Freely you have received, freely give. The word has already been given to you. You don't have to wait for a leading to go and help someone. It's the nature of God to help people. And God would never say, no, don't go over there and help that person. Don't go over there and love that person. God would never say that. Helping people, loving people, helping them in any way they need, including telling them about Jesus, most importantly, of course, is always going to be a yes and amen on God's end. That would always be what God would be saying. Yes, of course, I already told you to go, and I love that you're going. Now I'm with you as you go, and as you pray, I will move. As you believe in faith that I can move, I am able to then move on your faith. And that's what God will be doing as you minister to others. First John chapter 3, verse 4 says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. So if we keep his commandments, if we do what he's told us to do, then we will abide in God and God will abide in us. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Next week, we're going to be getting into verse 6, which talks about what happens to us if we do not abide, if we do not do these things. This is John chapter 15, verse 6. If a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers, and such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire, and they are burned. And yes, that does mean going to hell. Because if you're not connecting to the Lord, if the only way to the Father is through Jesus and you're not dwelling in Him, then the answer, unfortunately, is you're not going to be receiving eternal life in heaven. So that's what we will be going through next week, John chapter 15, verses 5 to 6, and we're going to be exploring that. If you need to get in touch with us for prayer, our number to contact is country code one four zero seven. 705-3151. Country code 1407-705-3151. You can go to our website at touchofgod.world. That's T-O-G dot world. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.